0: Please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. Welcome,
1: foolish mortals.
0: Amigos, amigos down there. It is me up here. Alrighty, folks. Please keep your hands, arms, and legs inside the train and remain seated at all times.
1: If smaller aviators don't measure up to the height indicator on the seat, just put the belt through the loop in the center strap before buckling. That's worked well. We know what our goals are. We know what we hope to accomplish. And believe me, it's the most exciting and challenging assignment we've ever tackled at Walt Disney Production.
0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Disney Life Podcast. Thank you for being a part of our Disney Lives here on the Chip and Company Podcast Network. My name is Mark Valentine, and I am the host of Disney Life Podcast. Join us here weekly as we discuss the very best of Disney parks, resorts, dining, and beyond. And don't forget, smash that subscribe button to access more incredible audio content from the Chip and Company podcast network. Just a reminder, head over to chipandco.com for the latest headlines from across the Disney parks. And don't forget to give our show a rating or a review over on Apple, Spotify, or even Podchaser. On today's podcast, Brian Lee are talking about the brand new short, Once Upon a Studio. We're recapping the weekend at New York Comic-Con and talking all about the latest headlines from the Disney universe. Before we get into the podcast, let's bring him back into the studio, once again into the breach. It is me with Brian Lee. Brian, how are you, my friend? I missed you at Comic-Con, dude.
1: I wish I was at Comic-Con. I'm great, Mark. Thank you, how are you?
0: (laughs) Best weekend ever, man. It was
1: freaking... Are you allowed to say that your best weekend ever on a Life podcast was not held at Disney World? Are you allowed to say that?
0: I'm allowed to say that, man. Definitely. I am totally allowed to say that. But my weekend was filled with meeting some of my heroes, titans of their respective industries, I went and saw Josh Gad on Broadway. I don't know if it gets any better, man. It was legitimately like one of the best weekends I think I've ever had in my entire life. I just lived my nerd life and it was it was okay. I realized I I was not by a long shot the biggest nerd in the room. And if anything, man, I feel like I got to kick my nerd game up <laughs> after this weekend. Bad.
1: I think Lorcana is going to take care of that for you.
0: Yeah, it's going to. It's definitely going to help. <laughs> Look, I, I'm say I'm saying this with all seriousness. If Chris, so if you guys want to come up, you got to come up next year. You have to do New York Comic Con. Like, we'll do it on the cheap. I promise, we'll do it on the cheap. But you have to experience New York Comic Con. You would you would be in love. I'm in love with with it.
1: It's amazing. Yes. It's not the money for me, it's the timing But we'll, I, we'll make, it work. We'll make I know, it work I know,
0: I know Alright man, listen, we have a lot to discuss uh, It was a big weekend But we're going to get into some of the specifics On New York Comic Con Before we do that man, uh, it was a big news week As we were away in New York Living our best nerd life So we've got to recap some stuff Let's get right into first takes First takes and now it's time for DizLife First Takes. First Takes! These are the headlines that are going to get you talking this week. First Takes! We here at Life Podcast are giving you the first word on Disney news and harsh headlines. First Takes! So here's what's firing off this week over at Chip and Company. First Takes! All right, dude. It was a uh, It was a big week. A lot of cool stuff happened. Let's start with this one. Uh, I know that you definitely fanned out because you sent me a message over on Facebook Messenger. You sent it over to the Bad Batch group. Uh, Disney Imagineers are testing new roaming droids over in Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. Uh, These brand new roaming droids appeared at Disneyland over in Galaxy's Edge. They were droids, quote unquote, droids in training. Uh, They debuted in Batuu recently. They're adorable Uh, The two-legged BD unit droids were seen roaming the Black Spire outpost with cast members close by. They were interacting. I don't know if they were autonomous or had some artificial intelligence or if they were being controlled by remote, but they were adorable. Uh, But this kind of fits what we thought we were getting. Having free-roaming droids fits the original concept of Galaxy's Edge when we were introduced to the idea back in 2015. This land is supposed to be full of all kinds of life forms and robotics, including aliens, including droids. Brian, do you think that this is the beginning of the actualization of that concept that we got back in 2015? Do you think that this is Disney investing in the parks? And if so, uh, how excited are you for this kind of item to be coming? Maybe it's coming to Disneyland first, but I can't see why it wouldn't also be duplicated here in Florida what's your response to BD showing up over in, uh, galaxy's edge, man. I hope,
1: I hope the answer is yes. I hope that that is what the future holds. Um, I mean, BD's adorable. So that's going to be an easy entry point there. Uh, to your point, like we don't know exactly how these were working or, or if I, I can't imagine it they was making to- its its own decisions,
0: right? Yeah, like, no, they have to be remote, remote control. Like the R2 D2 unit, the R2 unit. I, I feel bad even saying this, but it is controlled by a human handler. So it's basically yeah, Kenny, Kenny Baker. Yeah. It's controlled. By, <laughs> <laughs> no, but like over in Disneyland, there is a cast member who's standing off to the side and controlling R2 and right. making R2 interact. Sorry to spoil <laughs> the magic. Disney-
1: this is what this place is supposed to be to your point. Like this is how like th- you're supposed to feel fully immersed and This is the only way in which you can. Like when we first were teased Batu, the w- reason we heard the name Batu was because of the, I think it was the last Jedi part of star tours it where was. they put the end in there and you had all the droids, the BB droids and stuff like that. Like I understand we can't have all kinds of different droids roaming around at all points in time but I want to be able to go in there and see something that I can't see
0: anywhere else. There has to be more than zero. Like, let me just say that now I realized too, that California does have an R2 unit. It has R2 D2 that roams around BD uh, is also rolling around. Uh, right. Um, no chop- chopper yeah. choppers r- rolling around. Uh, yeah. But dude, we need, we need more of this stuff. There has to be some aliens. I mean, Disney can execute it. I don't know what the makeup is like to get that Rodian that they had on the Galactic Star Cruiser, but the technology is there. More than one How would many be- How droids are on
1: the Galactic Star Cruiser?
0: Just one. Just the okay. one droid. But listen, you gotta have some. I mean, you cannot have a Star Wars universe if it's just the backdrop. You have to have some of the foreground come to life. And that's like theater 101, you know? So- Uh, This is exciting. I feel like this is them actualizing what we were promised. You know, maybe Disney is starting to look at smaller things like this and they're starting to realize like these are the small improvements and the micro improvements they can make to the park to increase guest experience. And if that's the strategy, then it's a good one. And I think it's one that's going to pay dividends later on. This is magic. This is the magical stuff that's going to make the parks that much better. All right dude, um let's talk about magic because the Wizarding World of Harry Potter uh, is going to get a Christmas in the Wizarding World and Grinchmas by the way will be returning to Hollywood Studios. Uh, you are a big Universal Studios.
1: Universal studio. Studios. Yeah. You brought Grinchmas to Hollywood Studios. You're crossing the streams.
0: Yeah, I am. My bad. So, <laughs> the holidays- huh? yeah, yeah, yeah. The Hollywood season's almost here, right? Uh, But we're going to be celebrating Christmas in the Wizarding World once again. Grinchmas is going to be returning to Universal Hollywood. Uh, Both are going to return November 24th, 2023, run through Monday, January 1st of 2024. Uh, But if you haven't had a chance to do this, you can experience the enchanting holiday spirit at the Wizarding World of Harry Potter during Christmas time. Hogsmeade Village comes alive with glistening lights, charmed garlands and festive wreaths. Uh, you can also enjoy special acapella performances by the Frog Choir, explore village shops while sipping on hot butter beer, or indulge in festive treats over at the Three Broomsticks. And then as night falls, the magic of Christmas at Hogwarts Castle treats you to a mesmerizing light projection show, illuminating Hogwarts school of Wizard <laughs> witchcraft and wizardry. Uh, and you can watch on as the iconic castle springs to life, accompanied by enchanting music from the Harry Potter film series. Uh, you can also join in the lively Grinchmas Hoobilation. Ooh, that's an interesting. Uh, now featuring an all-new daytime performance starring the Hoobie Doo Wops group. Uh, the musical sensations from Hooville will have you grooving to hip-swinging, bell-ringing holiday classics. Uh, you can tell from my reading of this uh, article, I have never done Grinchmas. Uh, I have done Mardi Gras. I have done Halloween Horror Nights. I need to do Grinchmas in order to fill out my triptych. Uh Brian Lee is Universal the best holiday magic that you get over in the the Florida area. How does Universal do when it comes to Christmas time? I know your wife is a tremendous Harry Potter fan. Um so was that like a must do?
1: Holiday who be whaty? Holiday Uh I I think I think Grinchmas is properly rated i think if you're big into like the dr seuss world especially the jim carrey adaptation of how the grinch stole christmas grinchmas is a good show and fill in for you the Mannheim steamroller music if nothing else is at least entertaining um i cannot say that universal studios at christmas time holds a candle to what disney does um and i think uh the jollywood nights and hollywood studios is going to up the ante even more in disney's favor that being said the the holiday celebrations over at Universal Studios do have a place. Grinchmas is fun. Like I said, if you even mildly enjoy the Jim Carrey adaptation of the film, then it's good. The Harry Potter stuff is always really fun, except for hot butterbeer. That is hot, no. hot garbage.
0: Hot garbage. I do not do hot butterbeer. I want it to be... Have you had it? It's terrible. Yeah, it's horrible. I either want butterbeer to be regular or frozen, and that is it. Do not make the butterbeer hot. It's like hot soda. If you've ever drank hot soda like in the car, that you're like, man, I really am thirsty and I need something, but you take a, a sip of like hot coke, you're like, nope, that is not supposed to be a warm and or hot beverage. That's how I feel about hot butter beer, dude. Just don't do, it. don't it. do it. Um, I'm it's gonna, t- I'm gonna go on record and I'm gonna say this, and it might be a little bit spicy and a little hot, but I don't even care. The one thing that Universal has over Disney in droves, The Grinch is far and away the greatest meet and greet of the quote-unquote Christmas season. That character interaction and the spontaneity of it and the improv, the Grinch is like the bomb, dude. I've seen it from social media. Everyone who posts their Grinch interaction it does give me FOMO. Cause I'm like, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. That is a meet and greet right there.
1: But is there a character at Disney that has that same personality type that they could even try and pull it off?
0: Not for Christmas. I, I, yeah.
1: I think you're well, definitely not for Christmas, but just in general, like the reverence that there is for Disney characters versus the reverence, especially for the Grinch, he can get away with it and he's fun and whoever plays that role I think it's really just one guy. Well, but. no,
0: there's villains. I mean, if Disney had more meet and greets with villains, the villains could get away with that kind of sass and and ribbing. Yeah, that's fair. Dude, Hades would be Hades would be fun and amazing. I mean, and the evil queen does get away with a lot. It's like, "Whoa, I can't believe she said that." Um, and over at DCA, man, when they do their Oogie Boogie, a lot of the villains are pretty sassy. Like they give it to you big time. So, that's fair. You know? Uh, yeah. So Disney could get away with that. They just, we don't see a lot of that here at Walt Disney world. Definitely not for Christmas time, but uh, I I would like a little rough and tumble greets, man. That'd be kind of cool. It'd be kind of fun. All right. This last one I throw in because I have to ask the Marvel guru, the leader of earth's mightiest weirdos, the iron man, if you will, Uh, He was our fearless leader over at Earth's Mightiest Mightiest Weirdos, the podcast. So I have to ask him because I value all of his Marvel opinions. But Brian, I don't know if you saw this. Daredevil Born Again, the writers and directors were fired by Disney. Um, Variety wound up confirming the story, although it wasn't theirs. The Hollywood Reporter first broke the Daredevil news. Uh, But apparently Daredevil Born Again is undergoing significant creative transformation, Uh, Marvel Studios, the Disney Plus series, recently parted ways with its head writers, Chris Ord and Matt Corman. uh, And currently the production is not in process. So not only are they going to have to resolve the SAG-AFTRA ordeal, but they're also going to have to recruit new writers and give the show a fresh perspective. So due to the SAG-AFTRA strike, maybe this is the right time for something like this. Uh, The writers are working again, so maybe this is the perfect time to kick the tires on Daredevil. Um, because the production shut down and uh, this was long before they even had a chance to complete uh, half of the 18 episode order of the series. Uh, but Marvel has also made changes in the directorial lineup uh, for the remaining episodes of the season itself. Uh, some of the elements are already filmed. Material will be incorporated into some of those future episodes, but Marvel is now currently seeking to take the show in a different direction and an innovative, creative direction. So, Brian, a few things. One, does this cause concern for you, my Marvel-loving friend? Or is this just kind of part and parcel for Disney, Star Wars, etc., etc.? We saw this with Rogue One. We saw this with Solo. It's not like Daredevil's the first project to get a new director or get a new quote-unquote direction. Does this scare you about Daredevil Born Again?
1: Um, I don't think scare is the right word. Um, I think a lot of this actually is because of the WGA strike and the deal that was struck between there. Marvel studios in general is having to, um, make changes to its television, uh, thing in general shows will now have proper showrunners that write pilots and show Bibles, meaning this is how this is going to be. And a focus on multi-season serialized television rather than limited series. A lot of this is being driven specifically by what is in the collective bargaining agreement that they struck with the WGA. They don't necessarily have a choice. So I think through this change in what they're doing with Daredevil is I think it was going to be more of a limited series that was going to be setting up the future. Now they're going to have to change it to where it's actually going to be a multi-season run and the way television shows are written is changing. You can't just take a movie and make it a six-part television show. You have to make it a television show if that's what you're going to call it.
0: So WGA, if you could continue to impress upon Disney, we would love to get something more than six episodes in a quote-unquote season. Thanks. Sincerely, Star Wars fans. (laughs)
1: Like It was eight in all fairness, but yeah, you're right.
0: For Ahsoka, it was, but for everything else, we got six for Obi-Wan.
1: Mando was Mando. The important
0: stuff with eight. Was yeah. We heavy. got six for Boba Fett. So, yeah. But those shows could have benefited from two extra episodes because they felt really rushed. It was like five yeah. episodes of exposition. And then one episode where we really got this payoff, but the payoff was lost in the fact that for five episodes, we were kind of like spinning our wheels and dealing with stuff that no one really cared about. Were there cool moments in book of Boba Fett? Yeah, absolutely, man. That train sequence and that train episode was bonkers. Good. But by and large, like that series was not great. It could have, d- it could have had so much more in it if you didn't. Supposed- but again,
1: yeah. If Marvel's having to make these changes, like Lucasfilm is going to have to make
0: these changes. Thank you. <laughs> hey, uh, separate topic. This isn't really a first take. Did you see that Warwick Davis was like really ticked off? He like fired shots at Disney and was like, what do I tell people when they ask what's going to happen with, with uh wiki or uh <laughs> Willow I'm embarrassed to Disney dude. The show was hot garbage <laughs> Warwick. It was bad. You couldn't even watch it. You didn't even bring yourself to watch Willow.
1: No, I did not. I watched like 20 minutes and that was, that was plenty. That was uh, enough. I mean, I'm trying to think of the best thing we could tell Warwick Davis. I mean, other than we don't know if Woody and Jesse made the jump of bullseye across the, the cliff either or across the uh, Canyon either, but I mean, I don't, I don't know. Here's what I would tell you, man.
0: Warwick, here's what I would tell you, man. Here's what you say to your fans. I am not in control of those things. You know, I do what I can with the lines that I'm given and I can only be in the scenes that I'm in. And I, that's not above my pay grade. Willow, or just write your own fan fiction. Yeah, or just write your own stuff, Will. And write and produce your own stuff. If you love Willow that much, Warwick, then, you know, get Lucasfilm to give you creative control, executive produce it, go and put it on another network. And, like, that's that's how it is. The only thing I can say about Willow, man, that show was cringy. I mean, it's seldom that there's something that's out there that's in that nerddom that I cringe over cause it's dude suspend your disbelief. I mean, it is, it's fantasy and it's meant to be kind of like outlandish, but when they were putting in like popular rock music at the end with those credits, it just good for them. They took a swing. It was cringy. The whole <laughs> thing was cra- It was so bad. It was like, this isn't Willow. There was nothing pop culture about Willow and they went a different creative direction with the the series None of the cast really paid off. The chemistry was really awful. By and large, they didn't even use, they kind of wasted Warwick Davis. Um, it was meant to set up a new character. It just, oh man, it was terrible. And I suffered, I suffered through it because I loved the original.
1: Yeah, uh, you updated me every week going, uh-oh.
0: This is, get, yeah, I would call you and be like, man, this is getting worse and worse. So yeah, yeah. It is what it is. All right, dude, we're going to we're going to spend a little time back in nerddom. we're going to talk a little bit about Comic-Con, uh, but we also have to talk about this bombastic, amazing short that just dropped at eight o'clock tonight. So when we get back from our commercial break, we're going to be breaking down once upon a studio short and talking about my weekend at Comic-Con. But don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. Hey, guys, Diz Life Mark here, and I want to tell you all about the official travel partner here at Chippin' Company. Let our good friend Sarah at Destination to Travel help you plan your next Disney vacation. Sarah specializes in planning dream vacations for your family. She's an authorized Disney vacation planner and she can help with every step of your magical vacation. The best thing is that her services are 100% free. Want to travel beyond Disney? Sarah has you covered there too. Want to find out more? Fill out a trip request form over at the website at Chip Co. Or email her directly at sarahsolberg at d2travel.com. Start planning that dream vacation today. Email her at sarahsolberg at d2travel.com. Happily ever after. All right, Brian. Let's get into this incredible short that just dropped over on ABC. Uh, Once upon a studio, it is a hybrid short where 2D takes center stage in a multi-character crossover of the 100 years of Disney. Uh, It's joyous, it's emotional, it tugs at the heartstrings, it has everyone that you can imagine. There are cameos galore, my friend, and it just wrapped up. You and I said, hey, we gotta watch this thing, we talked about it on previous shows, Chip had a chance to see it at Destination D23, and now it has been unveiled and it will be ruled out on Disney Plus later on this week. Let's get into and dive right into this thing. Uh, let's just start with this, man. Your first impressions. Let's keep it simple. Uh, just your first thoughts of once upon a studio. Did it live up to the hype now that you've seen it?
1: It's a fun, it's a fun concept. Like, I mean, I, I didn't expect it to be anything earth shattering by any stretch of the imagination. I didn't cry.
0: Did you cry? Uh, I got a little lump in my throat when Mickey started to talk to Walt's portrait.
1: Yeah. Okay. I did. Yeah, that, I think I would assume that that's where that room full of Disney people at D23 probably got um, pretty worked up. I th- I think the the make it pink, make it blue would have been better if they hadn't shown it to us in the promotional stuff because I think that was funny. Uh, hands down, without any question, the entire best concept of the entire thing was Donald Duck getting frustrated with, with Flash.
0: Oh, I I did. I had two moments where I audibly laughed out loud. Uh, flash, flash, hundred yard dash, holding up the elevator and Donald Duck's reaction was one. But then Baymax squeezing into the elevator was the <laughs> second, <laughs> which I, I am sure that we got some kind of explosion after that door shut from from Donald. You know, it was um the hype of this. And Chip said to me, heading out of Destination D23, it was the best animated short that he has ever seen And that I, I was like, wow, that is high praise. That is somewhat of a hot take. I can understand that though. Like sentiments being what it is and having a fair perspective and having seen almost all of these shorts, I do think it was really well executed. Um, was it a, was it a soft sale of Disney 100? Absolutely. Was it a commercial for 100 years of the Walt Disney company? Yes. But I think it was really artistic. I think it was really well done. Um, the emotional part of this for me, man, did I cry? I didn't, but there were many moments that I felt very emotional and teared up. Like, that was Robin Williams. There are There is voice talent that is being utilized in this that they are no longer with us. Um, you know, just even from the beginning, again, seeing, you know, the Roy E. Disney Studio... Uh, reminds us that, you know, most of the people that we're talking about with the Centennial, uh, they're titans. They're titans of a company that we love, that we have built a very significant portion of our lives around. And a lot of this talent is no longer around. And there is an immortality of the art that they created. And that's what I kind of want to talk about when we get into Comic-Con in a little bit. That... Art lives forever. And sometimes these artists don't get to see the love and adulation during their lifetime. You know, um, like, dude, we just saw we just saw this with Star Wars with you know with Ray Stevenson. His character of Balance Cole is beloved, and he's never going to see the Star Wars community react the way that they did to Balance Cole. And, Skull. and It was beautiful, man. And it, you know, did his passing make it even more poignant and maybe even that more strong? Yes. But, you know, reflecting on the contributions of individuals like Roy and Walt, um, it's not lost. Like you understand the history of this company. I understand the history of this company to us. It's more than just cartoons. It's more than just animation. It's a part of our life. Uh, you and me, we had seminal moments, watching some of these cartoons and there was a little something for everybody right so that hit me immediately that was what i will say chip was spot on this is the best animated short because on some level it can connect with every child or adult that once dreamed that disney was something so much more than just an entertainment giant
1: Anna and Elsa having to tiptoe around Stromboli mad at the vending machine was very funny. Um, I thought if your answer was yes, I cried, I thought because of those attachments that you're talking about, obviously Mickey talking to Walt being one, but the other is when Everything gets fixed. Everybody comes together. Hercules holds the ladder and fix it. Felix fixes the camera. I genuinely thought that might've been something that was going to get you. Uh, so you know, if you have not seen this, it is going to be on Disney plus by the time this podcast is out, it is dropping on October 16th.
0: Let me just say that if you've ever wondered about the prominence and or position of Wreck-It Ralph in Disney's historical canon, let there be no doubt that Vanellope, Ralph, and Felix all made very prominent cameos in this movie. And I don't remember Vanellope. Yeah, Vanellope, like she screams, she screams right through the hallway in her car. Oh yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah so yeah, because oh, yeah, riding with her was uh, was Dodger from from uh, Oliver and Company. Yeah. So or, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Uh, clearly clearly, man I was going to ask you one of the questions I wanted to ask you was what was your favorite cameo you know what mine are now I kind of tipped my hand seeing those three were, were great um, and I even love the the while he was not there the voice of King Candy also played prominently we had a chance to see the voice of King Candy come out um, who was your favorite far and away who was your favorite cameo or hit that Rushmore button <laughs>
1: Who a game is- where everything's made up and the points don't matter.
0: <laughs> uh, we need, Brian Lee, your Rushmore of characters from Once Upon a Studio.
1: Uh, So I'm picking my favorite four out of, do you know how many cameos are in this short film? Huh. I know the exact number. Do you know?
0: Uh, It's over 500, right?
1: 543. That's right. It's a lot. That's a lot. So I'm going to have to go with yeah, Flounder being dropped in the Mad Hatter's hat that you were talking about. Very funny. I'm going to go with that. I'm going to go with I saw my boy Cronk. He was there. Hades getting frustrated with Goofy, I think, is something that I definitely want to call out. Um, but I'm going to go with Anna and Elsa and Stromboli. I thought that that was really funny. Um, Flash and Donald, man. Just perfect. Number three, I'm going to go with Hades and his frustration with Goofy. And number four favorite moment has to be Mickey talking to Walt.
0: Has okay. to be. Uh, so I'm gonna go with with Robin Williams and the genie making an appearance. Oh, that was, that, that I know, really dude. Good. It just that that tore me apart. Um, it legitimately tore me apart. Um, Wreck it! I'm I'm just gonna collectively say the Wreck It Ralph crew. I absolutely love Wreck It Ralph. So the fact that the Wreck It Ralph crew made an appearance for me was just um, absolute tops. Uh, I did like the no touchy line being put in there. Um, so seeing the love for emperor's new groove, you know, again, you got your cronk, but we got the no touchy line. Um, and then, man, Chernabog scaring the Dalmatians. How great. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> don't watch that. Kristoff going, don't watch that. They're going to scare you. And then Chernabog emerging from the television. <laughs>
1: and they like. Like he's, like he's Samara from the
0: ring. <laughs> and they like scattered. Dude, there was just. Remember how we did the review of Chippendale's Rescue Rangers and we marveled at all the cameos? This was just one GI in cameo. The whole thing was, was pretty good. Which
1: was the whole point. I yeah. mean, that was exactly the point. They even threw in what's her name from wish. Do we know her name yet? I'm assuming. Uh, you do. Asha Asia. Yeah. Asha.
0: Asha. Mm-hmm. Asha. She was in from there. Wish. So I just met uh, one of the other things that again, this weekend coming full circle, uh, I met Jim Cummings at New York comic-con. It was one of the greatest moments that I had during New York comic-con. So to get the voice of Jim Cummings multiple times in that uh, in that short, it just kind of, this was the perfect bow for me for this weekend, man. And it was just the, the absolute perfect way. But uh, you said this is going to be on Disney Plus starting tomorrow. So you can watch it on repeat. You can, you know, for eagle Eye observers, you can check out all of those amazing cameos. Uh, the Fab Five, at least three of them figured prominently. I thought Minnie Mouse was going to get a little bit more love than maybe she did. Uh, she really didn't have that big of a role. Uh, Goofy, of course, got his iconic, you know, uh, his yell where he kind of, like, messes it up. We got we got this, <laughs> which I was glad. That is my biggest memory of him. Uh, but, yeah, dude, this, it was perfect. It made me laugh out loud. Uh, it choked me up a little bit. And um, I'm, you know no matter what, and everybody was talking so much crap this week about, you know, price increases and, uh, you know, accessibility. And and I said, you know what, listen, I love this company. You know, I I get it. I get it. Like, it's frustrating. Times are tough. I love this company so much. And, yes, I will defend it to the very end because it's such a big part of my life, man. I mean, from movies and memories and trips, you know, Disney – has kind of been with me throughout the decades. It's the one constant in my life. It's followed me from childhood to my mid forties. And so seeing these characters that I grew up with watching on my living room floor. And I talked about the world of Disney today on Facebook. I remember sitting with the family, like Sunday night was family night. We would watch ABC would wa- we would watch the world of Disney. I remember that. I remember the Michael Eisner on television doing his introductions and and interacting with these animated characters that was a very big part of my childhood and that was a very big part of our our family memories that no matter what happened with the weekend you know there would be a bucket of popcorn or we would have snacks even if i was doing like sleepovers at at grandma's house my cousin and i would sit downstairs And that was Sunday primetime television. The world of Disney was such a big part of it. So I am hopeful that this becomes a thing and this becomes a tradition. People love the history of this company and it's a centennial celebration. And this was the perfect way, man. This was the perfect way to remind people of why we love this company and the memories that it's made. Um, I give this a 10 out of 10. I agree with Chip it was worth the standing ovation. This is my favorite short, and there's a lot that I love, but this was my favorite short because it kind of reminded me as a kid of why I fell in love with this company in the first place.
1: Future Dis life. We might have to talk Disney short films.
0: Um, We should do that. We really should yeah, do that.
1: I mean, a 10 out of 10. I mean, there's something in it for everybody. Whatever your memory is, you can find something. <laughs> Um, so, I mean, it's, and that's what they were going for. It was supposed to pull at the heartstrings. I would give it a 10 out of 10 as well. Um, when you're talking, I'm going to give you a fair warning. It's not a random Rushmore, but we're going to talk Jim Cummings roles in a Rushmore format at some point in this episode. Um, I'm just giving you a heads up now that it's coming. um, Rapunzel hitting, hitting caught the snake was, uh, was, was funny.
0: (laughs) And he could, he like, he coils and he just, uh, that was so good, man. So, so good. It
1: was very fun.
0: Will you watch it again?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, that's the thing about an eight-minute film or whatever it was. I also applaud Disney for telling us it was coming at a specific time and not stringing it out even past one commercial break. You gave it to us right when you told us you were going to, and obviously they had to rush it a little bit because they're also playing Encanto, but still, like... To tell us it was coming and then to not drag it out, I was very happy with that decision.
0: So one of the things that Disney did really well during the pandemic was they revived and they played with different formats, kind of pushing out, you know, that family viewing. And we had like the sing-alongs and they did like the at-home. Remember, remember when they had like all the different characters doing the sing-alongs at home? And I was very hopeful of, man, this is really reminiscent of that Sunday programming that I remember, So maybe with this work stoppage and maybe one of the silver linings of the SAG after work stoppages is that Disney is wanting for content and that they revisit their library and maybe they start to roll out some of these things like Encanto, like Strange World to people who don't own Disney Plus and they start to make family viewing a thing again. And, you know, I thought Kelly Ripa was the perfect host. I think she's got a really, she's very um, genuine She's great on camera. I truly believe that she is that bubbly and that happy. Um, she killed it, you know, and they didn't, like you said, they didn't dilly dally. They got right to the meat. They delivered on right what they said they were going to give us right away. Um, everyone I'm assuming upstairs is watching in as we're recording this, but I hope that because of the strike, we're going to get more Sunday nights and Disney's going to do this regularly for us because, we may not have new content rolling out at the same rate because of the strike, man. So wishful thinking, fingers crossed, you know, um, retro is very cool right now. Um, and I'm also loving it because as a child of the nineties, it's cool to see all of the things that I grew up with are now hip again. So let's bring this back too, Disney. Let's make this cool. Just like in sync is back and backstreet boys, and the boy bands are getting their resurgence. Let's also bring back the wonderful world of Disney and Sunday viewing because I I fell in love with it. I loved it, man. All right, uh, you want to shift gears a little bit? You want to talk about? Uh, you want to talk about Comic Con?
1: I do. The FOMO <laughs> is strong, what but I want to discuss it.
0: All right, what do you want to know? Hit me. I'm still. You could tell I'm still on cloud nine. So hit me.
1: You are. So um, let's let's talk first and foremost. Let's kind of go chronological. You got there. And you saw a panel with Ewan McGregor very early on. Yeah. Is he, is, does he smell good? That's the first question. Two, um, how weird was it at a Comic Con listening to one of your favorite actors, at least you're one of your favorite characters, not be able to discuss anything? Okay. How weird was that? And did you feel like you were missing out on the full experience because of it?
0: Okay, so shout out. Big, big shout out to, I spent the weekend, by and large, I spent the weekend with Fabio Lomberti. Fabio's one of our listeners. He's one of our longtime listeners. He dates back to Diz Life, all the way back to the Dwayne days, and so he has been one of our tried and true. So I connected with him right away on like Thursday. We started texting, um, and then I went and met him, and I wasn't even aware of the the Obi-Wan panel. And he goes, dude, I got to go to see Ewan McGregor speak. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I literally just got here. When is that? And he's like, 15 minutes. And I'm like, oh, I'm like, dude, I don't even have, I haven't even pre-registered for it. And I'm like, all right, we're going to put this this press badge to the, <laughs> to the test. So we walked to the wrong room. We were both, he and I were standing in the wrong line. And then I'm like, yo, 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 we are in the wrong spot. We got to go up to the fourth floor. So I'm like, I'm going to run up ahead because he actually had like, um, he had VIP tickets. So he's like, all right, I, well, I'm, I'll meet you up there. I knew I had a little work to do and a little, little hard sell. Right. So I get in line and I flash to the one guy. I go, Hey man, like, listen, I'm with the press. Where do I, where do I go in? And, uh, he looks at me and he's like, eh, just come in right here. No big deal. And I'm like, whoa, that was cool. So I just get right in. I literally just get right in. Uh, shout out to whoever you are, Mr. Usher. Uh, you're the real hero of the story because he was just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you, bro. Uh, let's so Fabio
1: just got left out in, out in the hallway?
0: Well, we, we weren't. My line of thinking was he was- I'm, even, I'm
1: imagining him coming up against the Usher like Bruce Campbell from Spider-Man. So dude.
0: he did, and he did, man. And I was heartbroken because- He was the one that tipped me off. And then I wish he had come in with me because I would have tried to like get him in on that. And we, my line of thinking and his line of thinking was like, he's assured to get in and I'm the question mark. And then I wound up getting in on my press badge and he literally got stopped like one person from when they put the standby line on. And I was like, Oh, and he was like, dude, I'm going to, so, he wasn't upset cause you also got to meet him. Like he had gotten a experience later yeah. on in the weekend that he got to go in and, and take a picture with him where I didn't. And he got a, you know, he got some, some of his stuff signed. So he went home with a signed lightsaber from Ewan McGregor. Me, I just got to hear him talk about coffee, tea, Shakespeare, books, motorcycling. Um,
1: you asked, not not obi-wan
0: not obi-wan kenobi the only thing that we got that was obi-wan kenobi-esque was he said hello there <laughs> and then the crowd went freaking crazy like and is he gonna get in trouble for that no because it might be his signature who who knows that might be you and that might not even be obi-wan so we got a hello there the crowd went wild and then he talked about his personal life now was it disappointing Yes. I mean, I'd be lying if I didn't say that I wasn't disappointed to hear him talk about Obi-Wan Kenobi and his experience, but I support him as an artist and he said, listen, you know, we're under, we're under these restrictions and I, I had nothing but respect for him because he said, look, I didn't want to cancel. It was important to me to come to this event. And to meet and
1: and his wife was there. So it's an easy thing to do.
0: And it was his first ever con in New York. uh, Mary Elizabeth Wanstead. It was her first ever New York comic con. So they didn't want to cancel on the fans and they didn't want to disappoint their fans. And so from, from some perspectives, was it disappointing? Yes. But here's the other thing. These people are people. They're human beings. And so if you really love you and McGregor, or Mary Elizabeth Monstead, or you know Palm and Michael Roker and uh, Sean Gunn. You had a chance to get to know the real human beings this weekend because they talked about their lives, they talked about their families, they talked about their interests, they talked about the things that they are passionate about, and so you got a very intimate look into the the men and women behind some of your favorite favorite intellectual properties. And I want to thank all of the actors and actresses that came out in spite of a very precarious work stoppage to make sure that the fans were, you know, were taken care of this weekend. So was I disappointed? Yes. But it also meant so much to me that all of these, you know, these artists continued to come out to support the con and it really made for a wonderful weekend. Um, I also think that you know. Hats off to New York Comic Con. They really did an amazing job of upping their game this year. They got some real A-list talent. They got some really wonderful intellectual property to be represented this year. And uh, it's a huge it's a huge convention. Um, and it's been lagging behind San Diego now for quite some time. But man, after this weekend, I have to tell you, I think that New York took a big chunk out of this convention ecosystem. And I think that New York really started to put itself on the map this weekend, man. And I think I was there for it. I think I was there for the beginning of the transition for this to become a premier destination in future years. And like, I get you had FOMO, um, but you will, you're, you're going to pay, it's going to pay off for you because this I think was the year that New York started to really cement itself as the legit con. And so they, be-
1: they need a second place Comic Con. There, I mean Emerald City Comic Con in Seattle. Um, there's a lot of different things that have tried to cement themselves as number two. Nobody's ever catching San Diego, it's just never gonna happen. So New York makes sense to be number two. So that makes that makes a lot of sense. My my question is I want Avenger con to be a thing like it was in Miss Marvel. Like I want like Star Wars Celebration, I like the cons that are so specific. But that's what's fun about something like New York Comic Con is it's no matter what your fandom is, like Charlie Cox, Daredevil himself, was walking around the con in an Arsenal jersey dressed up as Bluey. Wow. You can't do that at anywhere else. Like, so, I mean, it's, it's just cool, man. Like, it's just, it's fun. It's fun to be, it's fun to nerd out. It's fun to just be yourself around other people who know what Dude. it's like to be made fun of for Right. Whatever.
0: But that's what I want to talk. That's what I really want to talk about for just like, let me soapbox this for like 30 seconds. Man, I I met total strangers, total and complete strangers throughout the course of the weekend that we were united in a passion, and it didn't necessarily have to be Star Wars or Marvel, that we loved something so thoroughly that it didn't matter what that thing was. It was truly no judgment. So Star Wars people didn't look at Marvel people going like, nerds. You know, people were united in their passion and their love for something because we all shared one common element was that I love this artistic thing so much that I will express it and I will freely walk around and show you and tell you how much I love it. And just that passion, that passion that we held for whatever it was, it didn't matter cuz for 4 days we all spoke the same language whether it was klingon whether it was dothraki it didn't matter everyone that was in that place and i hate this term because it's it's used negatively but it was a safe place for all of us nerds to kind of get together and some people had the most brilliant cosplay you know other people just you know you could you could see in their interactions we were all united in that. I mean, you want to talk about you guys have United. We fan, this was United. We fan in the flesh. And so to be embraced instantly from this community, it was so great. And I mean, talking about going back and circling back to that, uh, you and McGregor thing, there was a guy in Mandalorian armor that also got lost. And so as I'm walking up, he's like, Hey man, I'm like, yeah, he's like, I'm, could I hang with you? Could I tag with you? Cause like, I've never been to the Jav- He's like, I've never been to the Javits.
1: You were his, the child, you were his Grogu.
0: Yeah, I was his Grogu. And so, you know, I just, I met him on a lark. We talked the entire walk up. It was like a 10 minute walk to upstairs. You know, we got to exchange like, you know, some pleasantries and talked about, you know, what our plans were. He had a sick Mandalorian build. And then, you know, he kind of like got in right behind me. Um, he did have a pass, but he got in right behind me. And then he was like, Hey man, I'm going to draft off you to get into the VIP section. If you don't mind, I'm like, Hey man, you do what you got to do. And then he sat next to me, the entire con. we were like fist bumping throughout the humor. McGregor thing. It was like friendship forged. And this it was, the way- yeah, this is the way it was a total stranger who we were just, we were geeking out together and talking about star Wars. And, uh, there was one line that we, the two of us were like, yes, so somebody offered Ewan McGregor a, uh, a a razor. I don't, he was talking, somebody asked him, the question was, what kind of beard balm do you use? <laughs> and then a guy gave him a recommendation. <laughs> That's rec- what
1: happens when people can't talk about their actual rules. Right? They got to talk about beard right? balm.
0: So some guy gives him a recommendation, but then he also gives him a kit that has the beard balm, but it was like a shaver kit and everything. He goes, no, 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 I don't need to shave it. So, he he uh, goes, okay. yeah, he goes, I need to keep this beard. And I'm going, why do you got to keep the beard, Ewan? Is there an Obi-Wan season two? I'm like, we'll never know. We'll never know. But it was it was fun to unite with fans from all over the world and to feel that passion. And there was a buzz, man. No matter what booth it was, it might've been literature. It might've been art. It might've been collectibles. It might've been gaming. It was video gamers. Dude, hell, even Broadway Was there. The Back to the Future cast held a panel. There were some new musicals. Goosebumps, the musical team was there talking about their brand new musical based on the R.L. Stein stuff. So, dude, it was just amazing to see the passion of those fans. And I hate when people are like, yeah, that's weird stuff. You know what? Listen, they love it so much. Shame on you. Don't shame them. I mean, no one gives you a hard time when you paint your body and show up for a sports team that you do not contribute at all to the success or failure on the field, but you're
1: hey, hey, stop coming
0: at me, but you're part of the team. No, I, my point being is I don't come for that. People love what they love,
1: dude. And let, I will, I will never paint my body. No, but, I'm I will not be seen in public without a shirt.
0: Point on. being is we're fans. Fanaticism should not be, it should have no qualification. Love what you love, what you love and appreciate the, the passion that people have for a football team, for a baseball team, for a football soccer team. I appreciate you just as much as a guy or a girl who loves Naruto or loves, uh, you know, Gundam good for them. Like love it. And I props props to you for your passion and yeah, yeah, I want to be a part of your world, man. Like, I I got fired up. I was like, yeah, let's play some (laughs) D&D. Let's play some Magic the Gathering. I want to learn Yu-Gi-Oh. It was great. And again, I have to shout him out again. Fabio Lamberti was like the perfect, the perfect guide to the con. He's been to the con so many times. Man, he hooked me up with like the right booths, the right areas. He took me through Artist Row. I had a chance to meet you know, some incredible individuals. Um, yeah, man, it was just Charles soul, Jim Cummings. Uh, I I had a photo with Mary Elizabeth, uh, Winstead, it it just the best freaking weekend ever. So good.
1: Friend of the show. Kevin as well. Met Chris Evans, Tom Hiddleston, um, AKA Steve Rogers, Loki, Andy had a triple photo with Michael Rooker, Sean Gunn, and Karen Gillen. Like these are the things that like you, you just don't get to do everywhere else. Like it's so it's so cool. Um, but I do want to ask you. You spoke of literature, yeah. and Star Wars. You met the writer yeah. of what I would consider the greatest Darth Vader story ever told in Charles Soule and his twenty-five epic Darth Vader comic. Uh, did you tell him how you love him? So and then I play we'll play jim cummings rushmore
0: okay so not only did i tell charles soul how much i loved him and i said to him hey we have a we have a podcast it's called bobby's freaking podcast he chuckled he was like that's great i was like, all right yeah i was like all all, right that's
1: all i care about i'm happy
0: i was like all right i asked him to come on it too and he said listen i am so busy (laughs) no and i i texted you and mike and i said look yes i did ask but i did ask him to come on the show but i had a ch- that's the other thing that i loved being able to interact with charles and to say i have to tell you you know your your darth vader books are amongst one of my most prized possessions they're currently i'm looking to my right they're sitting right here next to my desk those books play so prominently and are such a big part of my collection but i said my friend brian lee and i talk about you constantly about how much we love those books we have cited them countless times we really love your work. We appreciate you. Thank you for what you've done for the star Wars community. Thank you for what you've done for us fans and giving us like an extended story for Anakin. And, um, he said, thank you. That means a lot. And then he said, if you really like that, he gave me his, you know, his book. We talked about the, you know, the old Republic. And he said, if you love that, you're going to love this. And then he signed it. He signed it for me. (laughs) And man, now I have a Charles Soule signed novel and I I I think I floated out of the, <laughs> the room at that point. I was so excited.
1: Fight of the Jedi is really, really good. Really good. He's, he's just a brilliant writer.
0: Well, that picture that I sent was really not for me. It was for you. And he was like, yeah, we're right. going to take a picture and send it to Brian. Tell Brian, why isn't he here? And I was like, don't worry, we're going to get him here next year. So Charles Soule expects you at the next New York Comic Con. And if Kristen wants to know why you have to go, you can say, cause Charles soul specifically asked for me by name. I have to go. Yeah. Have to have to, I have no choice. Uh, uh
1: if nothing else out of those Darth Vader comic books, you and I both learned that Jocasta knew was not dead. Um, okay. I'm going to do it. The game where everything's made up and the points don't matter. you have a Jim Cummings photo that apparently was shared on his personal Instagram.
0: Somebody he did, told me he did. He did. He shared it.
1: That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> so it. your Mount Rushmore of Jim Cummings roles.
0: Oh, all right. So first and foremost, it has to be Winnie the Pooh. Um, I, so in front of him, he had all of his characters laid out. All of his animated characters were basically, you could have bought any one of the prints and then he would sign it for you. Um, and, and, choosing from the plethora of characters that he has voiced over the decades, I chose Winnie the Pooh. Uh, Winnie the Pooh just one. spoiler alert, our first part of our bracket uh, that we did for the Disney 100 animated. And I expressed numerous times how important Winnie the Pooh was, not only in my love of Disney, but also uh, I have, you know, speaking of books that are sitting here on my right-hand side, Uh, Right above the Darth Vader stuff are three copies, not one, not two, three copies, hardcover, paperback, and then a bundled edition of the Tao of Pooh. And it's basically maxims and life wisdom via the crew from the Hundred Acre Wood. I love Winnie the Pooh so much. So to meet the voice and the man behind that character was that was it for me. I mean if he voiced nothing else except Winnie the Pooh, that would be it. Um so this is going to be uh, a little bit of a cop out, but again, just like I love Winnie the Pooh. He's also Tigger. So Tigger's going to make my my Mount Rushmore. Uh I'm 45 years old. The Disney afternoon was such a big part of my life. Um so I'm going to go with Darkwing Duck for 3 yeah. and then um uh, Taz, I'm going with Taz I, I know oh, I'm gosh. So- I gotta go with Taz dude I love the Tasmanian Devil uh, This is a TMI moment and I'm really Sorry to say this, I was like 13, I had Taz Boxers <laughs> <laughs> Taz boxers.
1: I love. I was waiting for you to say that your left butt cheek has a Tasmanian devil no, tattoo on
0: it. Not yet, Lady Chappelle. Um, <laughs> she's gonna do it for me. No. Uh, what are yours? I gotta. I gotta flip the script. What are yours? Top four.
1: Mark, who, who are you missing? Who are you missing? That's number one on my list.
0: I don't know who. Am, who am I missing? Hondo Onaka. Oh, there he. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't put him on the brushboard though. I can't. I can't do it. Hondo
1: Onaka. Is number one for me for Jim Cummings. Uh Winnie the Pooh and Tigger, I'm gonna combine into one just for fun. Uh Darkwing Duck, you absolutely nailed it. And my last one, he's Pete in Mickey Mouse everything. Yes. Um, but I also want to make sure we call him out as let's see, what's the last one I wanted to get in there? Give me just a second. I had it written down. Oh, he's got, and I can't you has got handwriting.
0: Yeah, you have Ka that's in there. Um yeah, he was he was also Ray in Princess and the Frog. Yep, he's fat um, cat in he's fat cat in Chip and Dale, Rescue Rangers. Yep. yep. Uh crap.
1: I can't read my own handwriting. Um he's Hondo. Oh, I, I it does say Tigger, so I guess I did do Winnie the Pooh and Tigger separately. Um, so that's what I will go with. But Hondo Onaka Mark, you have to have Hondo on there. Come on, man.
0: Yeah, dude. So good. I'm sorry. Li- the man the man has over over four decades of voice talent. How do you He was
1: also the narrator in Animaniacs?
0: Yeah. I mean he's got four four decades of voice talent. It's impossible to narrow that down to four. Um having having the time spent with him, and I said right to him, I said, Jim, this is a core memory moment for me. Your voice has been such a seminal part of my love of Disney. And uh then he kind of like the Instagram version of retweeted my picture. (laughs) It was like, Brian, best weekend ever. That's awesome. Oh yeah. And I went and saw Josh Gad in his brand new Broadway musical. Gutenberg had a chance to stand two feet away from him. Um, man, it was the best freaking weekend ever. Shout out to Fabio Lomberti. So Fabio and I went, check this out. You know, here's another highlight of New York city. For three ninety nine, we got two slices of pizza and a small coke. <laughs> that was yeah, a, yeah, buddy.
1: You but, talk about doing New York cheap. Yeah, we'll just do that three meal.
0: So yeah, 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 man. Good time. It was just the best weekend. I want to thank Chip. Uh, so, Mister Chip Confer is the owner and operator of this thing that we have going on here, and without him. Uh, that wouldn't have been possible because we were there as media. We covered the event this weekend. Uh, Check out on chipandco.com. I have a very verbose article where I talk about my first experience at New York Comic Con and what I loved about it, the pageantry and the passion and the pandemonium. It was crazy.
1: I need to revise my list. Okay. The cat gets mentioned. Winnie the Pooh and Tigger is one. Hondo Onaka, Darkwing Duck, and Shredder from the he late 80s or 90s mm-hmm. teenage ninja turtles. Yeah. That's what I'm going to go.
0: So look, if you have never been to a con, if you are nervous about going to a con, you, do you have to do cosplay no. If you love something, if you love Disney, if you love cartoons, if you love anime, if you love gaming, if you love Broadway, especially if you love yeah. any of these. I mean, there there's there's a group of people that will be there for you. Like your tribe will be there and it's just a celebration of art, of artists, of fans, of fantasy, of imagination. And it's, you know, there's, there's no shame. Uh, You'll never feel, you'll never feel bad because you'll find your tribe there and uh, I can't wait for next year Uh, I can't wait to bring my daughter next year. That was my one regret. I I have but one regret this weekend. I wish that my wife and daughter had come. I wish that my daughter especially had shared in that because some of the stuff that was on display there is in her wheelhouse and she absolutely loves it. And I wanted her to kind of know, like it's okay as an adult to continue to like these things. And like that's the difference between... I think those fans and the people that now look down on it and say, you know, grow up. I love the fact that we refuse to, to grow up, that we refuse to accept the boring stuff and say like, this is unacceptable to continue to dream because now I'm an adult and I have to put on a tie. It was great to see, you know, these people that never stopped dreaming and they wouldn't allow the world to tell them that it was quote unquote, socially inappropriate to like this stuff. Cause it's quote unquote, only for kids. So dare to dream, continue to dream my comic con loving compatriots. I will see you next year in October. Brian Lee, I need you guys to come. I really want Marky Mark to come too. I would love like you got, you know how you guys did the trip and you all coalesced together and did Florida. I would like the discord group. I would, we need to assemble for this next year and find a way to do it on the cheap have everyone get a house or something. Let's do it.
1: All I need to know is I'm at the top of your list for people that you wanted there, right? And then
0: no, you are at to the them. top. You are at the very top. I need you. Take that. Out. Yeah, I need you, and everyone else is more than welcome to join us. But I need you. I need Perfect. you like water, like breath, like rain. It's a little Leanne rhymes has nothing to do with Comic Con, but it might. <laughs> is there a fan? <laughs> is there a fan fandom? Yeah, yeah.
1: Go in a Leanne Rhymes cosplay next year.
0: Uh, don't don't send me with a good time. All right, listen, we are gonna take a very, very quick commercial break. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back, and we're gonna play Disney's College Knowledge right after this commercial. Is Disney World home to you? Realtor Victor Naraki can help make it a reality. Realtor Victor Naraki specializes in making your Disney home dreams come true. Second homes, investment homes, retirement, relocation. With Victor's input, he will show you the home opportunities that you don't get to see as a tourist. Imagine being at the park in minutes, walking around the World Showcase for daily exercise, watching the fireworks in your own backyard, or having Disney Springs as your local mall. Have you ever heard of Windermere, Winter Garden, Horizon West, Dr. Phillips, Claremont? Lake Nona, or Disney's own celebration in Golden Oak? Victor will introduce you to these communities, which are just minutes to the magic. Stop imagining a Disney life and start living your dream today. Call Victor at 407-340-9375. And don't forget to mention that you heard all about Victor here on the Chip and Company Podcast Network. Head over to celebratingflorida.com and start living your magical life today. all right man before we wrap up today's show we need to play disney's college of knowledge this is where we challenge our listeners to see what they know about the walt disney company and its theme parks last week on the disney college of knowledge we asked what is the name of the two brothers in disney's onward one is voiced by chris pratt and the other tom holland but we wanted to know what are their characters' names. Shout out to Jaden Roper. He knew it was Ian and Barley. We're going to send over Jaden a small thank you from all of us here at Dislife Podcast. Brian, this week, our trivia question is thus. We want to know what is the highest quote-unquote animal rank on Toy Story Mania at Disney's Hollywood Studios. I'm not asking if you've earned it, but what is the highest animal rank on Toy Story Mania at Disney's Hollywood Studios? Brian, have you ever hit the highest rank?
1: Nope. Have you nope. come... Close? I've been top score of the hour. I've never even been top score of the day.
0: Have you come close to the top rank, the top animal? I don't
1: think so, because I think it's... What is it, like 300,000 to
0: get it? I missed it, no joke. I missed it by 4,000 one uh, time.
1: Yeah, and no, then... I've gotten to 3,000. I've gotten like 280, yeah. so I was to like...
0: You were like 20 off. That's still really close, man. That's at that stage yeah, of the game. It's the that's like, target. yeah, that's like it's a, a few tar- That's a few targets. That's like two or three hits. So yeah, 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 you almost got it. Almost got it, man. This was so much fun. Uh, I love doing this every single week. Um, I love our time to talk Disney. I really loved our time to talk Comic-Con, uh, but I want to say thank you to everyone. Uh, to spend the weekend with Fabio was great. We love connecting with our listeners. We love you guys that are out there that are fans of us. It means the world to me as we reflect on fandom. It means the world to me, to those of you that hear my voice every single week. I know that this microphone only goes one way, but to those of you who reach out on Instagram and message us, to those of you who continue to turn on the radio and to come back for now the four years of this podcast uh, please know from the bottom of my heart, from the bottom of Brian's heart and the team that we have over here at DizLife and Alicia and our past hosts, uh, Greg and Dwayne, it means the world to us that you guys have continued to trust us and turn on this radio after four years. And I just I want to say thank you because it is truly appreciated. You guys are the force and the spark that keep me going and keep me podcasting year after year. So thank you. Thank you for being a part of Diz Life. Uh, as always, I want to say thank you for living your best Disney life here on the Chip and Company Podcast Network. Please don't forget, we have amazing podcasts. So smash that subscribe button. Check out all of the incredible radio shows that we have. Uh, thank you for living this amazing weekend. I hope that you guys have an incredible week this week. And as always, we hope that it's filled with faith, Trust and pixie dust. Brian, let's do this.
1: See you real soon.
0: Diz Life Podcast is brought to you by the Happiness is Addictive Collection. Happiness is Addictive is passionate about spreading laughter and creating smiles worldwide. They love bringing their global community together through optimism cheer, hopefulness, merriment, and celebrating life's magical moments. They know how important it is to celebrate life's adventures, and their apparel will give you everlasting, one-of-a-kind memories through pixie-dusted family photos, compliments from park guests, and magical moments with cast members. They pride themselves on high-quality, custom-made apparel at competitive prices with world-class service. Let them help you create a lifetime of memories, whether you're Disney-bounding, kicking at poolside participating in run disney marathons having costumed adventures or just living your best disney life you can find their happiness is addictive shop on etsy you can also find them on instagram facebook tiktok twitter and pinterest they are proud to be featured in Indie central florida the thoughtful gift club and now here on dislife podcast Their collection was founded by a 15-year former cast member who knows how to enhance your magical moments for a lifetime of memories with your family. Don't forget to use promo code DISLIFE15 to take an extra 15% off. What are you waiting for? Head over to Etsy and start getting happy today. Follow the link in our show notes and you'll find out for yourself that happiness is addictive.